2: Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code Rotowire when you deposit for a free contest entry today. It is Thursday, December 3rd, 2015. I'm Clay Link, alongside Jake Litarsky. Give Jake a follow on Twitter, at jakeski52. I'm at Clay W. Link. Uh, give this podcast a, uh, sub- a follow, subscription, whatever you call yeah. it on iTunes. Yeah, go ahead, subscribe, um, iTunes Stitcher, give us you our, got it. Uh, rating a review if you would it'd be great Uh, week week 13 Jake it's Mm -hmm. crazy that the season has flown by like this Uh, how how are you doing in most of your leagues I know some playoffs Mm -hmm. start this week are you in any that do Uh, begin
3: this yeah no playoffs starting right away fortunately uh, I've got one more week here to bolster my seeds in uh, my five leagues (laughs) three of them I'm in one of them I'm definitely out, and one of them I'm on the fence a little bit here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, got some high hopes for the championship season, I guess. Very nice. Yeah, I, you know, have a couple
2: playoff seeds locked up, but also one where I'm in second place when I'm 8-4, a lot of teams hanging around, mm-hmm. you know, 7-5. and five. Getting that bye is so huge. Yeah. Oh, definitely, and that's something that unfortunately is out the window in, in the league we're in together mm-hmm. after it took a loss. Uh, this past week. But yeah, it, back-to-back it's, tough losses
3: after, yeah. after I scored the most points in the league on you.
2: Yeah, and I think I had second highest. That was a tough mm-hmm. one. It's been – but at least I have a spot. And uh, Yeah, that's the thing. The, the buy just eliminates that risk of – you know your, your luck's going to run out eventually in fantasy football. It always does. You
3: mm-hmm. know, a, a one week at least. You yeah. Know. Well, I mean, how many teams have gotten this far using you know maybe Le'Veon Bell early in the year, or using Gronk or, mm-hmm. or or any of these guys or early on like Jamal Charles, Keenan Allen. A lot of those teams got off to four and 5 and oh starts, and and now you know, maybe, maybe even if you started eight and you could have lost you know your next six mm-hmm. or something like that, or your next five, and and lose that first-round bye, then all of a sudden you could be one and done after uh, having a stellar start to the year. <laughs> so that's how football goes, man. It, it, your luck's going to go back and forth all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you're,
2: if you're that three seed, you're, you're looking at that six seed saying, I got this, but, uh, you know, you're rolling the dice if you don't have that that bye, and hopefully you do. Uh, but for those, you know, still in it, still active, week 13, uh, we've got a great game tonight, Jake. I'm excited about this one, even though it's something where – as a Packers fan, it's been really tough to swallow uh, lately, losing four out of five, of course. And a you know, guy like Devontae Adams, I think, is borderline even rosterable at this point in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Deeper leagues, I'd definitely hold on to him, just given some of the target numbers lately. But uh, should he even be seeing snaps right now or at least you know, double-digit targets?
3: Well, I mean, he's going to see snaps and he's going to flirt with double-digit targets just because of what they've got. Uh, You know, of course, Ty Montgomery ruled out again. I don't know how involved they're going to try to get a guy like Jeff Janis or even Jared Aberderis. But, you know, Randall Cobb, James Jones, your guys, although James Jones got shut out last week on Thanksgiving. But uh, Devontae Adams, after those tough drops last week, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys that maybe – Maybe holding a grudge isn't the right word, but I could very much see Rodgers hesitant to look his way after all the drops last week. Mm -hmm. And, of course, you can blame conditions and all of that last week. uh, I was at that game at Lambeau, just a terrible, cold, rainy Mm -hmm. uh, endeavor there. And it should be a a lot better tonight playing in a dome, at least. You would think so. So Mm -hmm. maybe that will help things out a little bit. Maybe they could use this to get Adams back on track. But do I feel confident starting a guy like Devontae? Definitely not. I'll start Randall Cobb where I need to because – it's Randall Cobb, and, and you got Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball, but uh, Adams, I'm definitely hesitant on, and of course James Jones after last week, uh, I'm very hesitant to, oh, yeah. to throw him out there. He's
2: another guy where it's yeah you know, that early season success. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seemed fluky at the time, you know. Even though it was you know it was back with the Packers, you know they got that chemistry back, but he really just looks. Like he's worn down as the season has gone on, he's lost any sort of step, burst in the step that he had, which was mm-hmm. not much to begin with, but no separation. Rodgers was able to fit it into tight windows before, but that window is not even there anymore. But what do you, how do you feel about Eddie Lacy in this one?
3: I, you know, I'd say I feel pretty good about Eddie Lacy. I think he's he's always a late season type of guy. Uh, we saw that last year, and I, and I know this year uh, everyone was kind of trying to panic on Lacy early on and and you know was very hesitant to uh you know should I drop him should what should I do with Eddie yeah. Lacy and I you know I kept saying kept reinforcing hang on to him he's a late season guy he'll eventually do it then he got hurt again and had a couple bad weeks Starks took over but now if fumbled
2: a mm-hmm. couple times
3: exactly now he did have that fumble last week but he really did have a pretty solid game outside of that fumble uh breaking 100 yards you'd think you know, I would have thought going into that game, if Lacey right, ran for more than 100 yards, the Packers will win no problem, but that wasn't the case. But I could very much see Lacey going uh, another 100 yards uh, tonight against the Lions. Yeah. I mean, the Lions just have the 22nd rank run defense in the league, giving up 112.5 yards uh, per carry, so if that, or maybe 85 for for Lacey and 30 for Starks or something like that, but uh, I can see the Packers, uh, when, they, when they were successful on offense Thursday, it was largely in part to Eddie Lacy running the ball well, especially on first and second down to set up second and third and short. And I, I think they'll go back to that strategy and continue to play with Lacy tonight. I, I think that'd be wise to do for sure. And, uh, yeah, you, I think,
2: you know, the podcast, we really were emphasizing, you know, don't drop Eddie Lacy. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the last thing you want to do. And sure enough, he he was the guy there uh, for mm-hmm. a little while again and then he fumbled but then he was yeah he was overall pretty good last week i think now that the fumbling is an mm-hmm. emphasis you know and they've, they've surely got to be mm-hmm. you know he's hey, focused hey, on that yeah like hold on to the ball mm-hmm. I, I don't think it'll be as much of an issue I mean, it wasn't an issue the past 2 years mm-hmm. really no, with him at fumbling all. at all yeah. so i think i think it'll be fine i think the packers are going to you know i don't really expect this offense to Uh, be anywhere near the level it was last year or even Mm -hmm. earlier in the season again uh, this year, but I think this offense will start to ride the ship a little bit, Mm -hmm. and I think the Packers uh, will end up winning this one. I think a lot of people Mm -hmm. kind of thinking the Lions, after winning in Lambeau, will take it. It's Mm going to be the Pack.
3: Yeah, the Packers, I mean, are you surprised that they're three-point road favorites after losing four out of five? Normally that doesn't happen, but it's the Packers, and you know if if Vegas gave the Lions points, there would be a lot of money heading the Packers' way this week.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I just think You know, even with the Packers favored, uh, I think uh, you know if we were looking at ESPN or NFL Network or something, I think a lot of the the panelists would probably pick the Lions, just given how bad the Packers have looked. But I I think the Packers will uh, get it together. Calvin Johnson ankle issue, but is expected to play in this one. Uh, Anybody on on the ground for the Lions that you feel confident about, or is it just a situation that's hands off, especially now when it's do or die fantasy?
3: Mm Yeah, you'd have to be in a pretty deep league uh, to consider starting someone like Theo Riddick. It would have to be deep, and it would have to be PPR. Mm -hmm. But I I don't own Amir Abdullah anywhere. I own Joyke Bell in one place, but I'm staying away from starting him this week. I just don't have any faith in uh, Mm -hmm. the the backfield. Outside of you know Riddick getting six to eight fantasy points, maybe 10 in a PPR league, I I can't really say anything too definitive about that backfield.
2: Yeah, I'm totally with you. Now, you mentioned (laughs) earlier that... uh, You know, people who had Rob Gronkowski this this season have probably in a great spot for the playoffs. But now that you know Gronk's return uncertain, uh, left in a bit of a tough spot. How do you feel about Eric Ebron in this one?
3: I I could see starting Eric Ebron. I mean, the Packers do give up. Quite a few fantasy points. The tight ends, even Zach Miller of the Bears, gave him a really rough time uh, last week. So I mean, Packers giving up what nine point one fantasy points per game in standard formats. I mean, that's uh, you know far from the from the least. Chiefs give up the worst. The tight ends at three point two, and mm. the Saints give up the most at twelve point four. Just to kind of give you the range there. So Packers giving up a lot of points to tight ends, especially late lately. I mean, you've had Kyle Rudolph and Zach Miller both go for noticeably big games in back to back weeks. I, I do. Like Stafford to look Ebron's way a lot tonight.
2: Yeah, I I think he's kind of a sneaky good play. I know our own Jeff Erickson kind of disagrees. He has Ebron twenty fifth among tight ends uh, on this week's value meter. I, I can see that the, the production hasn't really been there, but I think yeah, that that's a kind of a. Uh, Iran against a couple of line or against a linebacker would probably be a, a matchup the Lions would look to exploit. Uh, but we'll move on. I'm excited about that one. But we have several other games to get to. In fact, we're going to run down the rest of the Week 13 slate. Uh, Jets at Giants. Jets favored by a point. Over under 45. Are you surprised that the Jets are favored in this one?
3: You know, not in particular, just because, uh, you, you know, normally you give the home team the points, but, I mean, Jets and Giants, they don't mm-hmm. play at the same stadium, so there's really no home field advantage here, even though it's uh, technically a home game for the Giants there. So you start off with the pick them. Yeah, maybe lean towards the Jets a little bit. We'll see if they get Revis back. That'll probably help their case. But uh, I actually really like Ryan Fitzpatrick as a streaming option. I know uh, you might call me out for uh, succumbing to the recency bias at least a little bit after his four-touchdown game uh, last week. But, I mean, the Giants' uh, pass defense – they're getting healthier, so you know there's some cause for optimism there. But uh, but through the first twelve weeks of the season, Giants dead last in passing yards per game, giving mm-hmm. up over 309 yards per contest. So you'd think on paper that this matchup looks pretty good for Fitzpatrick.
2: Yeah, I, I would think uh, he makes for a strong play for sure. Because mm-hmm. uh, you know as good as the Jets' defense really is this year, uh, especially in the passing game, I do expect. Odell Beckham to have a, a fine day. I don't know, expecting a huge day mm-hmm. by any means, but I don't think Darrell Revis. I mean, we've seen with DeAndre Hopkins, he's not mm-hmm. uh, unbeatable by any means. Yep. So, uh, so I think the Jets are going to have to score to keep up with the Giants mm-hmm. too, yeah. so I think Fitzpatrick is a strong player. Yeah, just
3: a side note on Revis, of course he's dealing with a concussion. He oh, was not right. seen at practice on Thursday <laughs> So and he didn't play last week so, uh, I mean, it's been 11 days since he actually suffered the concussion, but without returning to practice yet, I'd say he's pretty iffy for the game. If, yeah, you can't assume anything yeah.
2: with concussions, that's true. Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, if Revis goes down, I'm, I'm turning back to Odell Beckham Jr. and all my days lineups especially cash games because I think you know it might be too pricey to not use him this week
2: that's that's probably true yeah he's uh if if Revis is out yeah he makes for an exceptional play really an outstanding outstanding player Wait, if
3: you're doing a dynasty league would he be your number one overall pick Odell Beckham yeah uh you know I'd say that would be a good strategy you I know I think so. <laughs> With considering everything that's happened to running backs this year, uh, it's it's really uh, enforcing a strategy, a draft strategy we like to use at RotoWire, the receiver receiver, aka punt running back strategy. Mm-hmm. And and at this point, I think in a dynasty league, I mean, it, it, if Gronk was healthy, maybe you could make a case depending on how long you can keep someone. Uh, but Odell Beckham's got to be easily a top five player in any dynasty formats, and you can you can surely make a case for number one. Yeah, he's just so
2: athletic; it's unbelievable to watch. Uh, Th- those warm-up drills he does, of course, you know, you've seen those a million times, slowed down, him making outstanding leaping catches. Uh, I just don't think th- that that skill level is going to fall off, and he's still so young. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't see him declining in terms of s- his skill set, uh, ability to separate, uh, speed for four or five years at least, uh, mm-hmm. and that's after uh, years of the, of the NFL wear and tear, so... Uh, he, he's a guy that I would definitely take. I mean, I think Gurley you can make a case as well, number one in Dynasty, but I, I think I'd go uh, Beckham. We'll move on. Cardinals at Rams, Cardinals seven-point favorites over under forty two and a half. Chris Johnson, of course, out. David Johnson, uh, I've been kind of pumping him up all year. Uh, on the XM show, they give me some grief about it just because I'm always bringing him up, and they kind of roll their eyes. But now he is the man. What are you expecting for, from David Johnson?
3: You know, I'm not expecting some sort of crazy stellar breakout performance because it is the Rams run defense and they are pretty stout. However, uh, I mean, David Johnson's the guy I think Bruce Arians, you know, he finally gets to let him out of his cage and, uh, because and-
2: yeah, he was hesitant too earlier this year, just because he's a rookie and he's, you know, he's, he's so hesitant to thrust rookies into uh, huge roles right off mm-hmm. the bat until they, they really learn the offense.
3: Yeah, we saw that with Andre Ellington uh, during his mm-hmm. rookie season as well. And, of course, once he finally got to play a little bit, he uh, he started to really produce. And I think we're going to see a lot with David Johnson. I believe he has, I don't know, I think he has seven touchdowns this year, maybe four rushing, two receiving, and then one kick return touchdown, something along those lines. So or three receiving uh four rushing, oh, and, a, and a kick return touchdown. So he's been, been able to find the end zone without even being the guy or without even playing, let's see, I mean, week four against the Rams, he played 36 snaps. Week 12, this most recent week against the 49ers, he played 31, and those are his two highest snap count days of the season. So, And he's been in single digits, let's see here, one, two, three, four, five times, back-to-back weeks before last week against the 49ers. So he hasn't really gotten an opportunity, but he's still been able to find the end zone, and I think uh, that's going in his favor. Do you think this may be the week to throw Todd Gurley in all of your daily
2: lineups, just given the recency bias, and that maybe some people are fading him at his high price? Maybe you jump at that price?
3: You know, I don't necessarily say that he needs to go in all lineups because the Cardinals do have a pretty solid run defense, so it's definitely not a lock, and and you look at the St. Louis Rams and just how they've been kind of sputtering offensively lately, there's not a whole lot to like there, you know, regardless of if it's Nick Foles or Case Keenum or however they want to do it. I mean, it is the Rams' game plan to run the ball pretty heavily, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I don't know. The matchup isn't great, but I do like the point you bring up because I would use him in a few lineups for sure. Because his ownership percentage is probably going to be the lower lower this week than it is any week the rest of the season, yeah. and uh, that's when you can really start to take advantage of something like that.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. And uh, yeah, this matchup, you're right. Even at home, doesn't look good on paper. I kind of think uh, at least some tournament lineups, but I, I would even throw him in, in some fifty fifties just because, or you know, cash games. Just because I, th- I think he will be fine. You know, th- this is their game plan now. Jeff Erickson accurately points out that he is, in his value meter for Week 13, that he is really hurt by their inability to pass the ball whatsoever. I mean, mm-hmm. if they can't get any anything threat, done. Yeah, if so they have any
3: threat on that end, it, Gurley yeah. can be so much better. So now but,
2: teams are just, of course, I mean, teams were doing it even early on, but even more so now focusing on stopping the run for St. Louis. And, the, and, and there's only so much you can do when you're facing 8-9 in the box.
3: Yeah, right on, and uh, that's what we're going to see again here on Sunday. Yeah, I kind of think
2: you know it's tough for him. They they need to figure out some sort of uh, you know game plan to get something done through the air because it's too much to ask uh, of young Todd Gurley. Falcons at Buccaneers is a pick 'em over under forty six. Falcons really in a free fall, and uh, as a Julio Jones owner, I'm hurting right now. I took a tough L in, in the leagues I had him in this past week and uh, really need a big bounce back here to really make this playoff push Uh, and this is a perfect matchup for him uh, at this time are you expecting him to really break out and have one of his best games of the season
3: I don't know if I could say best games of the season this is really tough with a guy like Julio Jones especially the way the, uh, the Atlanta offense as a whole and Matt Ryan has been playing lately it hasn't been spectacular I'm actually uh, as as someone who doesn't own Julio Jones in a lot of places I'm kind of hoping for a down week because uh, I'm playing Roto-Wire's own James Anderson in in the league that you're the commissioner of Clay and and of course I'm going against Julio Jones there so uh, yeah it might be tough but I mean at the same time last time he played Tampa Bay granted it was a home game ended up 12 catches for 162 yards and a touchdown essentially his best game of the season outside of the week three or week one matchups there. So, I think he's poised for a pretty big game.
2: Yeah, I, th- I kind of think, you know, this Falcons offense is really missing Devontae Freeman. That's not going out on any sort of limb at all. It's uh, it's obvious that he was such a driving factor early on in the season. Of course, had that concussion uh, issue right now. He was limited in Wednesday's practice. Uh, he did—well, re- uh, we're awaiting word on, on Thursday, but— He relayed early Wednesday that Freeman, Dan Quinn had relayed early Wednesday that Freeman had received clearance uh, from the concussion protocol to practice in full capacity, again, Limited Wednesday, but it sounds like he's close to returning to full contact. I think that'll be huge for this Falcons offense. Uh, and obviously, if you have Freeman, you're starting him. Mm-hmm. And I kind of think that you know, getting that that ground element back in full force will kind of open things up for Julio.
3: Yeah, Freeman, the top-priced running back on DraftKings this week at eight thousand dollars, ahead of guys like Todd Gurley, Matt Forte. Adrian Peterson so uh, I have a hard I don't know if I have a hard time paying up for him because of course if he plays it's going to be a big game I would imagine but uh, it, it's absolutely a situation worth monitoring I, I don't think Tevin Coleman is, is really safe to start or maybe even own anywhere at this point
2: mm-hmm. yeah I mean I'd own him just in case Freeman ends up sitting again but it doesn't really sound like it's going to happen uh, but then he could probably go ahead and cut bait there And Jameis Winston came back down to earth last week, but I I love him in this matchup at home. You you putting him in any of your daily lineups, or do you maybe think that maybe people are going to jump back on this train a bit too soon?
3: His price seems like it's going to be low enough for people to want to go ahead and use him, so I'm maybe not getting overly aggressive. Uh, I'd probably limit it to tournament lineups. But, yeah, Winston uh, only 5,300 on DraftKings this week behind guys like Ryan Tannehill, Matt Hasselbeck, Marcus Mariota. I mean – I'd put him ahead of probably all. Yeah, Tannehill maybe I like a little bit better, but I'd put him ahead of Hasselbeck or Mariota. Just uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not. I wouldn't use him in a cash game, but I could see using him in a tournament. And uh, really, the, what stands out for me about Winston is if you have him as a one dollar keeper anywhere, I think that's almost a no brainer moving forward because of the weapons he has mm-hmm. and the progress that he's shown up to this point in the National Football League.
2: Yeah, not turning the ball over as much anymore, and that's so good to see. Uh, and he has weapons, you know Doug Martin's had a really good year running the ball Helping him out in that in that regard uh, You know, Mike Evans and Vincent Jackson both missed time And uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins also hurt But at the same time, he's, uh, he's had at least one of them It seems like every mm-hmm. game and, and Mike Evans and, and Vincent Jackson both stellar But uh, Mike Evans in particular Really uh, kind of a, a true number one wide mm-hmm. receiver in my eyes uh, start your players in this game is all I can really say, because I, I feel like this is going to blow past this over under a 46. Seahawks at Vikings. This one's a pick them as well over under 42. This is a real interesting game because the Seahawks on a roll. They're over 500 for the first time this season. Vikings now in the driver's seat in the north. I had James Anderson on the, on the show last week, uh, who he thought wins the North. Do you think the Packers win it, or do you think the Vikings uh, separate and, and really put their stamp on the number one uh, seed there?
3: I mean, ask me again tomorrow night, because I really do think this game for the Packers has quite a bit uh it will give us a very good indication of whether or not they're ready to turn things around or not. It's a, it's an opportunity against a weaker opponent. Granted it is a road matchup and but I mean the Lions have been on kind of a roll and of course they beat the Packers at home, so I guess we'll see. This uh, this game's going to really paint the picture regarding the Packers for me. I actually kind of like the Seahawks in this game. I like the momentum they're on. I like that they showed um a little more balanced, you know, generally a run-heavy team, but Russell Wilson was able to air it out successfully last week. And the Vikings have a very solid defense, so it'll be interesting to see if they can come in and yeah, and score on a defense like that. At the same time, I think it's going to very, very much depend early on in the game. If the Seahawks jump out to a 7- or 14-point lead, uh, then, I, then I like them because I don't really have enough confidence in Teddy Bridgewater yet to really bring them back. Um, and, but at the same time, Adrian Peterson, the number one running back on Jeff Erickson's value meter this week, I can understand why he's there just based on his usage and everything like that. So, uh, yeah. you know, in season-long, uh, just standard formats, I think he's he's absolutely the best back there. So he could have a big game, but that doesn't necessarily mean the Vikings will prevail.
2: Yeah. I think the Vikings definitely going to have a tough time in this one because while the Seahawks have lost Jimmy Graham, he wasn't a, a huge part of that offense anyway, so... Uh, and yeah, you show that they can really air it out. Uh Tyler Lockett's starting to emerge as, as an option in the passing game. I, I like them to go into Minnesota and win and you know, the Vikings are eight and three, but I kinda do think uh I kinda do think the Packers are gonna reclaim uh, the top spot in the north. You look at the Vikings remaining scheduled there versus Seahawks then at Arizona. At home against the Bears, that should be a win. Uh but then at home against the Giants, that more than likely win and then at Packers. I, I kinda see them going two and three over those five games, mm-hmm. you know, that's still ten and six, but at the same time, uh, I think the Packers could could end up uh winning both head to head and finishing ten and six and being uh and then obviously having the tiebreaker then and winning the North. But uh, it'll be interesting. I think that's one of the best uh you know battles we will see down the stretch in the NFL. Texans at Bills, Bills three point favorites over under forty one and a half Uh, Lowest over under the week. Uh, Vegas really not showing much love here. Uh, And and such, you can infer that. Uh, not a lot of fantasy production expected out of this one, but anybody, any value you're trying to squeeze out of this game?
3: I mean, I think I'm going to take my chances with the Sammy Watkins seesaw. It seems like awesome week, terrible week, awesome week, terrible week. Uh, I think I'll go ahead and toss him out there. Of course, DeAndre Hopkins has got to go. Um, I'm actually, I, I had used, I picked up Alfred Blue in a lot of places, but I'm probably going to sit him this week against the Bills defense. Uh, and then on the Bills' side, I mean, I guess you got to like LaShawn McCoy. He's been on quite a, quite a bit of a run lately there. So, you know, you, you're regular guys, but I'm not going out of my way to really use anybody in this matchup.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to dig deep and, and find some value. And again, we talked about Gronk, owners who maybe missed out on Scott Chandler or something in uh, Fab. Former Buffalo really Bill, Scott yeah. Chandler. Good point. Uh, definitely. What about current Buffalo Bill Charles Clay? He was a guy I kind of relied on in a pinch early in the season. He mm-hmm. came through a couple times. Uh, but in this matchup, would, would you go uh, that route?
3: I mean, I, I know you love the guy because he's your namesake <laughs> there, but uh, the Texans really uh, have done a pretty good job of stopping tight ends this year, giving up just five-and-a-half point, fantasy points per game, two tight ends in standard format. So that's something that you got to watch and maybe be cognizant of. I mean, I would almost look towards guys like, well, of course, Chandler he, he is the top tight end pickup this week. But, you know, you, maybe even looking at guys uh, – I want to see like Vance McDonald, Luke Wilson, even mm-hmm. Zach Miller if Bennett's out. I'd say I'd put Clay ahead of those guys, but not by not by a whole lot. The matchup isn't the greatest, and I, I I don't know if I have as much faith in Tyrod Taylor as I did earlier in the season.
2: Yeah, and they just don't pass it. They don't have to pass it much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to see Clay get more back, more involved, uh, not because he's my namesake, but just because they kind of had. Uh, pretty nice thing going early on Tyrod and Charles mm-hmm. Clay. I uh, really thought that would be a potent combo, but it just hasn't been uh, there late in the season or consistent at yeah, any time. Teams just adapt quick
3: in the National yeah. Football League. That's <clears> how it goes.
2: You mentioned Vance McDonald, Jeff Erickson of the Forty ers of course. With with Garrett Garrett Selleckard, he's he's stepped up. Uh, Jeff Erickson seems pretty high on him, ninth overall uh, among tight ends on the value meter this week. Uh, pretty high praise so that may be the top fallback if you miss out on on chandler this Mm -hmm. week
3: at least someone that should be pretty readily available i know eric and i discussed him in our podcast last week but uh last two weeks 65 and 71 yards a touchdown in each uh yeah with Selick out he could flirt with double digit targets there in san francisco now <clears throat> Even worse than the Taylor argument I made, I guess this guy's got Blaine Gabbard throwing in the ball, so who knows there. But, you know, with those second team quarterbacks, you oftentimes get guys that, you know, really have their favorites, or so there's a couple guys that have they have chemistry with, and, and McDonald seems to be one of them with Blaine Gabbard.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, not a, a name I expected to be re- relevant at any point, but you got to give him credit. And yeah, there does seem to be chemistry there. Uh, nice, you know, kind of underneath. I don't want to call him check down, really, but that's kind of what he is, uh, and that that helps uh, uh, the Forty Nine ers offense quite a bit because otherwise, fantasy wasteland. But uh, mm-hmm. Sean Drone has actually been all right. I mean, as far as <clears throat> how he's looked, uh, I think he can catch the ball a little bit, uh, but there's it's it's just tough sledding on this <clears throat> this offense. Mm-hmm. We'll move on here. Uh, Ravens at Dolphins. Dolphins three and a half point favorites. Over under forty three. Ravens defense or I'm sorry, Miami defense, something you're uh the defense you're using in pretty much all of your daily lineups this week.
3: Yeah, there's a lot to like on this whole Dolphins team, actually. I've got uh big time hopes for Jarvis Landry to come through, get some receptions. Uh we're watching the status of Rashard Matthews to see if Devontae Parker becomes a viable play. But out of everybody on that team, Tannehill, Miller, anyone, I really do like the Dolphins' defense this week. I'd say they're available in a lot of places, available in almost three-fourths of leagues the last time I checked. So um, that's a good sign to start with. And, yeah, the Ravens scored a lot of points on Monday night against the Browns, but two of those were defensive touchdowns, mm-hmm. so the, the performance wasn't as great as you think it was from an offensive standpoint. And Matt Schaub's a threat to throw a pick six every time he takes the field. So uh, he... I mean,
2: he, he is amazing. It's, it's incredible. It's a skill. Yeah. His ability to throw pick sixes. It's it's mm-hmm. unbelievable.
3: Yeah, I, I just it's I, I I can't really explain it. I mean, maybe just some bad decision making, maybe, you know Cornerbacks know that they're going to have a couple opportunities per game to jump a route.
2: Staring down guys, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, but the the
3: whole thing, I mean, uh, the Ravens have been bringing in uh, quarterbacks for workouts. I think I saw maybe they brought in Mallet for a workout. So I just, whatever they're using the rest of the year, it's just an offense that's been completely depleted by injuries. And of course, Mm -hmm. Harbaugh's going to have the Ravens playing hard and motivated, but I just don't think that they have the talent on offense to go on the road and put up a significant amount of points against the Dolphins' defense that has shown uh, noted improvement over the course of the season
2: yeah I think the Dolphins defense is gonna kind of dominate this game then they're just gonna run it you know play conservative on offense and really just hammer it down their throats and and play good defense and anybody going against Matt Schaub is is somebody uh, I want to target so I'm going to use this defense I try to grab them in any season long but definitely in daily Uh, maybe you fade them in big tournaments where you want to Uh, Really separate yourself just because of the high ownership, but uh, I definitely like them as a safe, safe play this week. Uh, Bengals at Browns. Bengals 10.5-point favorites over under 43.5. Austin Davis era in full effect here. Uh, Second biggest favorites the Bengals are of the week, only to New England here. Tyler Eifert missed today's practice. Second straight day out of action, Uh, especially with Gronk hurt. This is a tough blow. Tight end pool is thinned out. Uh, you know, where do you think the Bengals, where do you think that production, those targets,
3: uh, if Eifert does indeed sit, uh, go in this Bengals offense? Mm-hmm. I mean, A.J. Green's going to get his 10 to 12 targets almost guaranteed. And then you kind of look down the packing order from there. I think Marvin Jones could see a couple of those looks. That's, of course, given if Eifert sits. And, you know, maybe I even like Gio Bernard to get a few extra looks out of the backfield and on some of those Short type of passes there, so I still think Andy Dalton will have a pretty big game. This might be an actual week where I would consider starting a guy like Jeremy Hill, who's been pretty disappointed in the season because, of course, the Browns have just a horrific run defense. Have been yeah. not only battered by injuries, but the team just doesn't look motivated. They can't seem to tackle after getting. You know, I got a, I covered the Browns, but I got a really good look in depth on a Monday night, and it pretty much confirmed all of my, you know, hunches or, or premonitions about what this Browns team actually is. And mm-hmm. yeah, there's little doubt at this point that uh that they're gonna get torn up at home. I, I just can't see oh, any yeah. way the Browns win. Austin Davis, I mean he's got experience but it's austin davis he doesn't have i don't i don't know if if he has a receiver over six feet tall to target i guess barnage is their guy so uh and the receiving core has also been banged up so i just there's very little to like in the browns this week uh unless you 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 need some sort of desperation home run to make your money back in vegas and are hoping (laughs) for a miracle I, i just there's nobody on the browns team maybe benjamin hoping for garbage points of course barnage is especially in a tough tight end week you gotta you gotta start barnage again gotta but, start barnage but- yeah i was gonna say he's
2: he's a guy that you know the, the qb injury there that hurts he's one of the guys affected more than anybody and with the, the weak tight end pool uh I do think you start him at season long but daily I don't feel good about him here.
3: Yeah, there's a little bit too much uncertainty to to uh, go with him in daily especially because his price tag is going to be based on his production with McCown and Manziel, guys that he's a lot more comfortable with or has as at least seen more reps with I can it's hard to yeah. judge you know how comfortable somebody is but uh yeah so daily I, I think you hit that right on the head Clay. uh daily I might stay away but season long just considering the player pool I, <laughs> I I'd probably throw him out there. Yeah, he's probably better A better player, better
2: option uh, than anybody else you have. Better player more than than likely. And I think, you know, in those situations, you go with the better player, even if the matchup is is Mm -hmm. scary. Duke Johnson, any hope that he will be a guy that maybe next year, uh, maybe Dynasty
3: League's a guy to hold on to? I mean – I'm optimistic about Duke Johnson's NFL career. I think he can be a decent PPR back, at least from a fantasy perspective. And, you know, he he should – I mean, running back shelf life is short, but I can see him playing a few more years in the league. But on this team, and given this situation, um, especially considering that there's a very good chance the Browns will have a brand new starting quarterback this year. Maybe they'll go after a guy like Baker Mayfield or someone in the draft. Uh, you know, they might, they'll, they'll pretty much have one of their first choices the way the rest of the season is expected to play out here if they want it. So, you know. I just I can't keep Duke Johnson because of the uncertainty and just the overall inconsistency there. You know, they, mm. there's a good chance they could have another coach next year too, and you just don't know. That's a mess in keeper leagues. I mean, if you're in one of those keeper leagues where you keep almost your entire roster nine, ten guys, then maybe. But if you've got to pick two or three keepers to keep from, he's way, way mm. out of out of my top thirty keeper candidates. Yeah,
2: I'm with you because. Well, he could be a, an R8 right player. You know, I'm not, I'm kind of uh, – well, I'm certainly not pessimistic about his career. I feel like he'll be fine. But I don't really ever see him being, you know, a first or second-round pick in fantasy. I mean, maybe second eventually. But, uh, you know, in the Dynasty League where you keep only three guys, you want to keep the elite guys. I mean, he's not somebody that I really think will ever be a a, a huge factor, especially uh, next year, and, and you know, I I think you, you got to put so much emphasis in the Dynasty Keeper League on the next year because you look long-term in the NFL. So much can change in two years. that, uh, Especially at the running back position. Yeah, exactly.
3: That's one of the most volatile you're going to find.
2: One, one major injury, and maybe they're just never right. They miss an entire season. Uh, you just don't, you know, not worth taking that risk. Fantasy football just got a whole lot more interesting. Week 13, DraftKings will be hosting yet another Millionaire Maker event with $1 million going to first place and a total of $4 million up for grabs. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code ROTOWIRE to play free with your first deposit on DraftKings. That's promo code ROTOWIRE for free entry now with your first deposit at DraftKings.com. This isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. Jaguars at Titans. Titans two-and-a-half point favorites. Over under forty three and a half. Now, Alan Hearns uh, had that great touchdown stretch for seven consecutive weeks, but then carted off Sunday. Ha- has that concussion uh, status up in the air, looking iffy right now. If he were to sit, Marquise Lee, maybe next man up. Do you think he would be a guy that uh, be you could throw into a tournament lineup and uh, maybe take a role in it with one one lineup?
3: I don't know. Here's how I here's how I'd handle the Marquise Lee situation here. First of all, you gotta look at his last three weeks. He's got six targets. He even had five targets one week, but he's only caught two passes over that span. So there's not a whole lot to go off of. I remember coming out of college, I believe out of USC, I was pretty optimistic about him, especially uh in the slot and, and, and in PPR formats, you know, kind of six feet, two hundred pounds for your stereotypical slot receiver. And uh you know, I mean I've been encouraged by the play of Blake Bortles if he just can learn how to stay behind the line of the scrimmage when he's chucking touchdowns. Uh, that might help his case a little bit there uh but here's how I'd handle Marcus Lee I don't think I start him in a a tournament even or start him obviously don't start him in your season long league this year but if you're in a deeper league I think he's worth rostering he's somebody that Eric and I didn't really mention on our waiver wire podcast Tuesday but the more I thought about it especially if Hearns who looks like he had a pretty severe concussion I mean he was carted off the field so uh you know if Hearns has to face a multi-week absence and Lee gets some opportunities I could very much see uh you know, maybe Lee getting some action here towards the end. And, you know, if you're in a 14-16 team or with three wide receivers and, and you're going real deep in the player pool, there could be some utility or some situations where you'd think about starting him down the stretch. I mean, the last four weeks, the Jaguars have Indianapolis, Atlanta, New Orleans, and Houston. So it's a pretty favorable schedule. There's some upside, of course, if it doesn't work out and he's given an opportunity and he only catches one ball on two targets, you can go ahead and drop him. No harm, no foul. But I think he could be worth a stash at this point in the season.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. As a stash, you could know, take a flyer there. Now, T.J. Yeldon's a guy that I've been waiting for to get going for all season long, really. Mm-hmm. And I said last week uh, that if if it didn't happen last week, it probably wasn't going to happen at all this season. It was a good matchup. Now he has a really tough matchup at, on the road against the Titans. Titans allowing the third fewest points to opposing running backs in uh, standard leagues. Uh, only... Only more than the Seahawks and the Steelers, so really doing well against the run. Do you think Yeldon is a, a risky play in, in season long this week?
3: Yeah, I could see him being a risky play. Now, I'm kind of a long shot uh, to make the playoffs in, in one of the leagues here, and I've got to make a T.J. Yeldon or Ronnie Hillman decision this hmm. week, and the Denver backfield is one of the most difficult to figure out. But I have Yeldon in there now, but you know, the more I think about it, especially after consultant Jeff's weekly uh, value meter here, uh, Hillman ranks significantly higher, and I can see why considering the matchup. So I might have to go ahead and make the switch there.
2: Yeah, I like Hillman. But, you know, I really think C.J. Anderson, he looked exceptional last week mm-hmm. in the game against New England. He looked great. Now, I mean, Hillman has looked good as well, but I kind of think Anderson is starting to separate himself. Uh, I mean, they'll still split time, but I kind of see uh, Yeldon, or I'm sorry C.J. Anderson
3: carrying the, the heavier load there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know what? I can see what you mean. I I remember a headline on a rotowire earlier this week is – CJ Anderson this year is CJ Anderson, yep. and that's basically putting it uh, how it was with CJ Anderson being such a breakout candidate. I think there might be some room for both, especially uh, you know when you're comparing Hillman against a guy like Yeldon. Uh, there could be some room for both, just because uh, Kubiak's offense, Osweiler finally gets to play the offense that Kubiak wanted all along. There'll be plenty of zone stretch type plays, and uh, they'll be able to get it done uh, that way. And there could be room for both.
2: Yeah, and you know Hillman's so fast; I could he's always the threat to break one. You know, at any point, if he, even if he gets out-touched maybe 15 to 10 or something like that, mm-hmm. he could still take any of those 10 to the house, especially in this good matchup on the road. But, I mean, this is basically going to be a home game for Denver. Uh, it's amazing in San Diego, the fans there. Uh, it's pretty much a road game anytime they're at home. It's amazing. We pretty much have 16 road games. Uh, I, I think in this matchup, I'd go Hillman in that scenario, him versus Yeldon. Uh, just given the matchup, I just don't see Yeldon being able to get much done. He hasn't hasn't proven anything so far this year. Forty ers had Bears. Bears favored by eight in this one. Over under forty three and a half. Mentioned Sean Drones looked pretty pretty decent, and this is a decent matchup for him given you know the expected workload especially. Uh, somebody that, that you're targeting maybe a, as a pickup if he if he's still lingering in shallower leagues.
3: Yeah, I like drone uh, as a pickup. Yeah, exactly. You hit it right on the head if he's uh, lingering in shallower leagues. He's also just four thousand dollars on DraftKings this week, so I can very much see that being a pretty useful matchup there. Uh, you know, if the weather's bad at all in Chicago, then you might have uh, a, you know you might have a chance to get get in on a run heavy game and uh bears kind of right in the middle of the pack giving up 16.9 points per game to opposing running backs so not not terrible but not great either and i think uh i I think you got to go with him because he seems like the guy who's going to be getting all the touches yeah
2: i'm with you i think you know
3: ideally you're you're not starting
2: him but if you have to uh, you, you could do a lot worse martellus bennett full practice wednesday that's uh, Got to be music to the ears of his owners, especially, again, in the tough tight end week. Uh, looks like he will be back at that rib injury. Moving on, Chiefs at Raiders. Now, Jake, this is, on paper, doesn't
3: look like a great matchup for Derek Carr, but uh, do you feel feel differently about him than most people? Yeah, a little bit. I, can't, I mean, the Chiefs' pass defense has improved mightily since uh, the first few weeks of the season, so a lot of people might be shying away, but... You know, I do like Derek Carr, not enough to start him over a guy like Aaron Rodgers in uh, in a league where I actually do have that dilemma on a week to week basis. Something that I never thought would be a dilemma in the first place. But uh, yeah, Kansas City is sending to the 11th best pass defense, but the Raiders home game. I think there might be a lot more points scored in this game than the 44 over under suggests, and and leagues that I have to use Derek Carr in, I'm not necessarily feeling too bad about it. Yeah, I, I can see that. I, I think.
2: You know, the Raiders are kind of up against the wall. You know, they had some success early on, but things have really slipped. I think at home, they're going to be motivated to come out and play well, I think, uh, and, and air it out. You know, take some chances, take some risks because it's it's do or die at this point. Now, for the Chiefs, Sharkhandrick West does look poised to return to action. He was able to practice on Wednesday, a uh, full participant. Uh, but according to the Kansas City Star, Spencer Ware is expected to retain a role in the backfield in week thirteen, how do you split this workload to be divvied up? I mean,
3: with the way Ware's played, I have you have to give him some carries. You know, he scored more touchdowns than West in West than the time that they've been around. Uh, you know, it could very well be like a Hillman C.J. Anderson split, and mm-hmm. for that reason. I'm probably staying away from this matchup just because I don't know where it's going to go. It'll be it'll be essentially a coin toss as to who's going to get the touchdown mm-hmm. on the given week, and, and that's just a little bit too risky for me heading into fantasy playoffs. So I'm exploring other options a little bit here. And I mean, Raiders. It's not like they have a. It's a really obvious matchup. I mean, I think they're top ten in fantasy points allowed, seventeen point seven points a game. So I guess near the uh, kind of near the target or the green light matchup, I guess you could say, but I, I don't know when it's split between two guys and, and it's the chiefs, I, I'm probably backing off.
2: Yeah, me too. I, I just think that you're rolling the dice too much. I think it'd be hard to justify starting where, uh, or, or West really coming off the injury, especially, uh, in a, in a big week where you really need to win. I just think there's more than like the other better options out there. You should have better options. Uh, if you're competing for a playoff spot, uh, It's just something where, you know, the the running back position, you know, these guys, this matchup does look good for them, even in Oakland, but I just don't know how it's going to be split up. Plus, they're going to be uh, getting it done through the air, I think. I think Travis Kelsey's a strong play. I also think you're starting Macklin. After last week, for sure, and season long. But in daily, you may be going back to the well or, or fading him this week?
3: I, I just think that that might be suffering a little bit too much from the recency bias. So, you know, we talk about that all the time. But after the huge game last week, his ownership is going to be up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And I think he might have a tough time repeating that. Nonetheless, he's my, my flex spot in, uh, every season long where I have him. And I'm hoping for another big week, especially in those leagues where I got to wrap up playoff spots or improve my seed.
2: Absolutely. Panthers at Saints. I'm excited for this one. This will be interesting. Uh, Panthers seven and a half point favorites going into the dome over under 50 highest over under the week. Uh, I do expect a lot of points to be scored. I don't think the Saints are going to be able to stop uh, Cam Newton at all. And I, I think the, the Saints will have some success as well. Uh, but are you paying up for Cam this uh, this week? I mean, he's he's been so good throughout the year, but uh, I think people are going to be all over him in
3: most most daily leagues. Yeah, you know what? And rightfully so. I mean, he's the second highest priced quarterback uh, on DraftKings this week at seventy four hundred. I, I mean, I can see why he's he's priced that highly. But I can also uh, I don't have the log in front of me. I would guess that this is the highest he's been priced all season after that game last week against the Cowboys, which. I mean, I guess wasn't you know knock your socks off spectacular, but it was still pretty solid. I just think that the fact that Carolina's playing at New Orleans, New Orleans always seems to become ready to play at home. And for that reason, I think New Orleans might score enough points to stay in this game. I'm still betting on the Panthers to stay undefeated. But to do that, they might have to score 31, 34 points. And if that's the case, then Cam Newton's going to be in for a huge day. I've got that one Cam Newton slash Carson Palmer league. I should have traded one of those guys when I had the chance, I guess, uh, and stuck with Newton because someone could have used Palmer, I'm sure. But I'm using Newton in that league. And, you know, the, I ended up with Newton in three leagues this year, one of my better one of my better fantasy moves this year. And uh, I'm going to ride that train this week uh, and probably use him in some daily lineups. I'd probably stack Newton and Olsen this week. Yeah.
2: You know, I feel so bad about one of the decisions I made early in the year. Just, just disrespectful. Week one, starting Sam Bradford over Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. Like that <laughs> uh, I mean, I'll have to live with that one. Just look myself in the mirror. But uh, Cam's really really outstanding, really kind of uh, thrusting himself in the MVP discussion. I still give it to Brady. But, I mean, he's he's been outstanding, and you just can't undervalue you know, his worth to this organization, this franchise. Mm -hmm. But Ben Watson on the New Orleans side I think makes for a great tight end plug-and-play fill-in. If Mm -hmm. he's still available, I I feel like he's probably picked up uh, in most competitive leagues. Uh, Seeing a lot of looks and, you know, Willie Sneed practice Thursday. I I mean, that's some Mm -hmm. additional targets opening up.
3: Uh, you, you can get Watson for 4400 on DraftKings yeah, as exactly. well. Of course, uh, with Gronk not being an option, you're going to have to go down the tight end list uh, for your daily lineups. And Yeah, I could see it very much. I mean, Carolina has a stout defense, but uh, the way the Saints play at home, that gives me enough faith.
2: Yeah, and, and Drew Brees sings the guy's praises, really likes him. I, I think he's really kind of leaned on him to be a reliable option in the passing game in a, in a season that's been pretty volatile for them. Eagles at Patriots, Patriots big favorites, 11 points. Over under forty nine and a half. Uh we've mentioned Scott Chandler on the show. Uh, you know, I, I do expect him to be pretty heavily involved, but who else in this Patriots passing attack do you think is, is gonna step up?
3: I mean, the only safe bet from a fantasy standpoint is Brandon LaFell. You look down the depth chart. If Danny Amendola, who is uh, looks like he's going to leading towards a questionable status this week, we'll watch the rest of his practice participation. But after that, you go to guys like Keshawn Martin and Matthew Slater. None of those guys I'd start in season long. At the very best case scenario, uh, if Amendola out, I'd consider uh, Martin in a uh, daily. Format just because he seems to be like the the slot performer and and more so on DraftKings just because of the PPR format. But other than that, uh, I mean, I still think the Patriots will cover the the Eagles have been pretty sad this year and and I don't, I don't see any indication to think that the Patriots will stop rolling. Yeah,
2: and amandola limited at practice Wednesday, but per ESPN dot com quote looked sudden in his cuts. So I mean, that's a positive report. Colts at Steelers. Big Ben symptom free. Uh, you feel good about him in this passing attack. What about Marcus Wheaton? You picking him up anywhere?
3: You know, I, I didn't pick up Marcus Wheaton. I think, uh, I think the last week it was mostly because of the way it was Big Ben taking what the defense was giving mm-hmm. to him. And I know Big Ben and the Steelers organization had a lot of faith in Marcus Wheaton uh, preseason, but it was the same before last year. And I think too many people are going to be hit with that big stat line looking over the box scores. And they're going to put him in there, and they might be a little bit disappointed this week. Yeah, I could see that.
2: Now – Cowboys at Redskins, Redskins favored by four and a half here. Des Bryant, I mean, this is a second straight Monday night stinker, but do you think Des Bryant, uh, you know, people on Monday looking for a Monday night miracle, maybe somebody that uh, maybe finally steps up and has, has a big game?
3: Yeah, I'm going to use Des Bryant more or less because I have to in a three wide receiver league, and I wouldn't take him out for a guy like. Travis Benjamin or Devontae Parker even Doug Baldwin with the big week he had last week so I'm keeping Bryant in in the one league that I have him uh and hoping that you know they can he can still salvage part of his fantasy season without Romo around because uh I will be making the playoffs in my Des Bryant league somehow miraculously so uh you know thanks to guys like Cam Newton and Todd Gurley and Mark Ingram and uh you know I'm not gonna go down the whole roster but that's pretty much been it there so uh Fortunately, uh, you know I've gotten there, and who knows what happens. Uh, so I've got my fingers yep. crossed for Brian. I, I can't see any reason why you'd sit him, even with whatever quarterback they toss out there.
2: I can see some scenarios where you are, you know, if you're really doing well for yourself, have a ton of good wide receiver options. He's really like a wide receiver three now, mm-hmm. right? I mean, so yeah, that's realistic. I mean, you could. I mean, I think he's a wide receiver three with wide receiver one upside, certainly. But I think on a week to week basis, you can't count on him for much more than. A uh, wide receiver three, but best of luck, guys. Uh, we'll see you next week. Hope you get by if you have a, a playoff matchup this week. I hope to have you with us again uh, when we rejoin you. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code Rotowire when you make your deposit for a free contest entry today. Also, check out Rotowire free for ten days by going to slash pod For Jake Litarski, I'm Clay Link. The RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast will return on Friday.